0: All right, what's up, everybody? Coming at you live from Deadwood, South Dakota. Today is Thursday, October 19th, 2023. This is episode number 476 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Podcast. It is 6 a.m. in the Mountain Standard Time. If you are in Deadwood, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But that's not going to stop us from delivering a hot show today. Everybody, we got the spicy soundboard running. Spicy. We got Nick Barker, James McQuiggan's in the house, rocking it here at Wild West Hackin Fest. I've got a special surprise for you all. This is a very special episode of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. Hey,
1: everybody! Good to see everyone. James McQuiggan. James McQuiggan James <laughs> coming to you lot Well, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so. Yep, so we've got James live
0: in house. He will be providing his expert analysis and commentary on the news stories as well as we rip through the top stories of the day. So really quick, what are we doing here? In the next 45 minutes, me, you, Space Taco, Steve Mount, obviously James McQuiggan, Stephanie Strauss, Zach Choate, Sharice Slam, Marcus Kyler, all the folks coming in on LinkedIn, all the folks coming in from Wild West, Hackin Fest, YouTube, Simply Cyber community members, first timers and long timers and if you're a first timer we got a special surprise for you squad members we've added a new emote compliments of haircut fish this morning so welcome to the party pal also the soundboard does not have welcome to the party pal so that will be a manual sound effect today if any first timers are in here and haircut fish you cannot say you're a first timer again i know that's your favorite thing to do but not not today my man all right guys hey um, th- we're going to go through the top cyber news stories. I'm going to be giving my expert opinion. I am Jerry Ozier. I've been a practitioner for a very long time in the industry. My man, James McQuiggan's been in the industry for a very long time. We're going to dig into it, give you all the intel you need to be able to operationalize this at work this week, or, um, you know, maybe just, uh, in the lunch line at Wild West Hackenfest, Fest, like dropping knowledge bombs on people. Also, if you are looking to break into the industry, you're going to be asked, I promise you, how do you get current? This is going to be the answer, my friends. What's up, TJ Zimmer with the gifted subs? Coming in hot. Do we have, yep. We just best yep. There we go, TJ Zimmer. We just became best friends. Hey, squad members, giddy up on that if you can uh, and take advantage of that. I see, yeah, KC, welcome to the party, pal. Hey, Funky Monk, good to see you. Guys, it's gonna be good. Before we get into it, I'd love to share the stream sponsors with you and let you know how much I appreciate them. Barricade Cyber needs to flush their cash. Come on, Barricade. I can't, uh, the bandwidth is very limited up here in Deadwood. I can't, all right. <laughs> all right, we're gonna do this really quickly. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. What y'all? My man, Eric Taylor, and his crew, Casually Joseph out here in Deadwood, they know how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at BarricadeCyber.com. Also much love and shout out to Panopsy Security. Listen, Panopsi Security can help you left of Boom. Their organization, if you are reactive in your information security program, if you're in charge of Infosec and you're just not sure how to approach it, you can get Panopsi Security as like a VC. So to come in, spend some time with you, look at your program and really build a bespoke, tailored solution for you. Go off, you can execute on it, bring them back next year. That's what's going on. Brandon Poole, uh, runs that group over there and they are just phenomenal at what they do so get left of boom get mature in your program penopsi security uh Panopsi.com link in the description below also anti-siphon training but more about that at the mid roll do my love myself some anti-siphon tra- space tacos with the super yes yeah, space tacos bringing it in with 10 squad memberships thanks so much space tacos welcome to the party the 10 new pals to the uh squad membership there we go there we go there we go boom mods uh we are running kind of a irregular stream today if anything comes in ooh, stream's golden thank you i love it love it love it all right oh hold on finfrock where are we buddy where's my finfrock i'm a last i love it i love it i love it all right cool all right so guys just as a reminder every single episode of the daily cyber threat briefing is worth half a cpe so be sure to say what's up in chat hashtag team live if you're one of the uh how many folks how many beautiful people we got in chat right now 178 at least um coming in uh hashtag team live take a screen cap put it in a folder and um you know just file it away and then get those cpes if you are uh on replay hashtag team replay guys it's 6 a.m. We're getting up for it. We know what's going on. Nick Barker, Jesse Johnson, I just want to call them out. They were, uh, we hung out and raged with them a little late last night. James McQuiggan and I went to bed early like uh, old fuddy-duddies. And Jesse and Nick probably shut the bar down. So um, we'll catch up with them on Team Replay later and in, in, uh, 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 tease them a little bit. All right, guys, do me a favor. Let's sit back, relax, and let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over us in an
2: awesome wave. We'll see you at the mid-roll, y'all. October 19th, 2023. I'm Rich Straffolino. State-backed attackers exploit WinRAR zero-day. Security researchers at Google found evidence that state-sponsored threat actors linked to both China and Russia began exploiting a vulnerability in the Windows archive utility WinRAR. Group IB previously discovered this vulnerability and found signs of exploitation since at least April. Its developer, RAR Lab, issued a patch on August 2nd. Google researchers say many users have not yet applied the update, opening the door to attacks from these APTs, which include Sandworm and Fancy Bear.
0: Okay, jeez. Uh, Five hold, eyes hold on warns
2: of Chinese IP theft.
0: I don't, the soundboard's not working for me to start and stop the podcast today, so uh, there'll be a little bit of delay on that one. Okay, couple things here. One, WinRAR is an absolute... Um, it, it's a binary that you know basically can unpack or unzip archives. Um, I feel like it's been around for a million years. Everybody uses it. the The, the fact that state uh, threat actors are exploiting it with a zero day is interesting to me because, personally, I feel like WinRAR. You can't guarantee it. It's not like a, a guaranteed DLL or binary that's going to be on every Windows operating system. It's it. You have to download it. So. That's interesting. I, I also feel, I don't know, and we'll get James's thoughts on this in a minute. I feel like, you know, normal people, like my Aunt Dorothea doesn't know to download WinRAR. You know, like Carl in accounting, oh! he doesn't know how to download WinRAR. So it's more of a tech thing. So I don't know if they're kind of focusing on that, but the fact that Sandworm and, um, you know, like basically the top echelon of nation-state threat actors, APT groups are exploiting this is, is very interesting, Russia and China. Uh, so obviously... Um, you want to make sure that any instance of this in your environment is getting updated. Uh, I don't know if you can use like an SCCM or, or some type of um, Avanti to query your, uh, your uh, endpoints to see if this binary is installed and if it's been patched or not. Definitely want to just kind of socialize it, maybe a dedicated email out to the business, but really the IT staff since, again, they're the ones who are most likely to uh, want to be used.
1: Uh, let's throw it over to James really quick. James, thoughts on this story? Yeah, no, I, I I echo what you're saying there. Uh, you know, I saw WinRAR zero day bug, and part of me was like, they're still developing it because I remember using WinRAR ten, fifteen plus years ago uh, using it on Windows. And so when you think about the audience and the the demographics that would be using WinRAR, they're going to be old fuddy duddies, kind of like us, right? <laughs> but you're looking at a particular demographic. You're looking at particular people that are going to be using the application. And so by getting that exploit. Uh, and, and uh, using it, then they know they can be targeting specific old hackers, old tech folks, people that have been using it. I mean, I haven't loaded WinRAR in any of my systems in forever. Um, there's uh, there's plenty of other ones that are out there. But um, yeah, the fact that it's nation state, uh, yeah, it, it, it didn't surprise me that they're exploiting it, but it because uh, I know that we're probably doing the same thing in the U.S. for the same thing as well. Uh, but it's all about gaining leverage. It's all about trying to utilize and exploit and gain access. So.
0: Yeah, and just for the record shows, I use 7-Zip. That's like one of my guaranteed downloads when I start a new uh, system is the old 7-Zip. Actually, I shouldn't say it's as soon as I download it. Like, it's the first time I download an archive and I yeah. need to open it. I'm like, Ugh, 7-Zip.
2: Yeah. yeah, all right, let's keep going. Intelligence chiefs from the Five Eyes i's countries issued a warning of Chinese attempts to steal intellectual property, as well as attempts to use AI systems for spying. IP under threat includes AI research, biotechnology, and quantum computing. While Five Eyes member countries have individually previously voiced claims about Chinese IP stealing, this is the first joint statement by the group. U.S. FBI Director Christopher Wray said China uses a variety of tools and techniques deployed in tandem at a scale the likes of which we've never seen. The Chinese government denied the allegations. Okay. Service now data.
0: Okay, so uh, James can't hear the audio of the podcast, but the final thing they said is China's denied any, uh, any, any of this allegation. Guys, like, welcome to, welcome to Thursday, right? Like, it's a freaking day of the week that ends in Y, and China is doing espionage, um, and being accused of it. Um, again, I, in the grand scheme of things, I feel like this is just more like uh, geopolitical posturing than anything else. Anytime you hear of any level of like espionage and espionage really just to kind of define it is the stealing of information which has massive value guys right so like data is the new gold right I say it all the time, but if you think of China's like aging population and China's kind of new world order initiatives and bricks and things like this, having access to medical research, pharmaceutical research, military uh, advancements in technology, robotics, AI, right? You know China's got their own AI uh, going on and they're not using, uh, you know, because they want to basically in- introduce authoritative controls into the AI that's being deployed into their country. They uh, it, they are definitely going to want to uh, es- commit espionage, frankly, right? Because here's the deal. You can develop your own research, your own pharmaceutical solutions, but guess what it takes? A, it takes time. B, it takes money. And C, you need the people um, who can actually do the work, right? So those three things are not uh, trivial, but if you just take it from someone else, you don't have to take the time, you don't have to spend the money, and you don't need the people. Someone else does it all for you. So um, this is why espionage is like one of their bread and butter plays. Um, And I feel like that's China's like big thing as far as, uh, you know, cyber crime or, you know, cyber you know nothing story because we China's accused of this all the time and five eyes is officially accusing them again, to me this is just a further brick in the wall, a little pink Floyd action for you uh, James. this is another brick in the wall on the slow glacial movement of the you know the the NATO Western philosophy against bricks philosophy of like okay like we're we're banding together and we're um pointing fingers at you so james
1: yeah standing tall the five eyes coming together uh but uh, you know I, I can think back even 10 15 20 30 years ago uh there's always been the whole espionage of trying to steal intelligence uh i know i F- i've had uh fbi briefings and, and conversations regarding China coming over and trying to steal intellectual property from, you know, our manufacturing industries and and power plants and those kind of things. So um, but at the same time, when we talk about espionage and you're exactly right, it's Thursday, we've, you know, the U.S., you know, uh, the U.K., you know, all the other countries are all doing it to to leg up and keep up with the intelligence. That's why it's called intelligence. Um, You know, even even back to the Revolutionary War. Uh, you know George Washington is an intelligence gathering that he was doing. It's all about gathering as much intelligence and getting the information uh, so that you can leverage it and use it against them or for yourself. But what cracks me up is the my favorite story of intelligence uh, stealing of intellectual uh, property: uh, the Russian space shuttle, the Buran. You know, looked just like it, but they could never get it into outer space. Um, I think they ran into some issues that they couldn't fix, and the Americans were the ones that fixed it. So, yeah, there you go, the, the uh, Buran Russian space shuttle. Um, yeah, quite interesting. It, it's amazing how closely it matched the uh, our own space shuttle program that we had. But they never – I think that's a recent picture of it sitting somewhere in a warehouse, and it's just, yeah, collecting dust. So there you go. It's
0: tough to have a space shuttle program when your entire uh, government collapses and, and, and pieces of it is. break yeah. off into their own countries and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, hey, real quick, I do see people talking about the uh, a little bit of a lag, a little bit of issue. Uh, we are operating with I think the, the, the choke point here is the wireless network here at Deadwood. We are at the Mountain Grand Lodge. And uh, get, sucking up all five megabytes of their uh, download speeds, we do not have a hotspot. Uh, but uh, please bear with us, and we
2: will uh, just do the best we can. Exposure issue identified. Security researcher Aaron Costello released a report identifying a data exposure issue with the popular digital business platform ServiceNow. Costello estimates roughly seventy percent of instances contain a misconfiguration in a component within the platform's simplest feature. The issue could expose information in SimpleList tables, things like names, emails, and internal documents. This issue isn't new, apparently, in SimpleList since it launched in 2015. Another researcher looking into the exposure, Daniel Meisler, saw no signs that threat actors exploited the issue in the wild yet. Okay,
0: so really quickly, ServiceNow... it's a major major platform it's like a sas pr- platform it can be used for a million different things but the way most people kind of use it or, or typically um typically uh see it in action is using it to implement itil or having like help desk so you know oh i need i need um i need my computer reboot- uh, rebooted jesus i need my computer reimaged, i need to download something We're we're onboarding a new person um like BSEC just got hired here, let's onboard him. So you open a ticket and then it starts, you know, workflows and automation and people get notified and stuff like that. That's service now. Okay, and it is really, really useful and it is powerful and it is a great way to mature your IT uh, service delivery. Now, here's the problem. What they're saying in this particular story here is that, and and I have a little bit of extra context on this because I am in a Discord server with Jason Haddix, who's really, really well-known Uh Bug Bounty and Pen Tester, and he's also uh, CISO at, he's CISO somewhere right now, I forget where, but, um, and he said that he's exploited this many, many times. So the default configuration of ServiceNow basically is like opened up to allow uh, access, right? So it, it, it like default is open to you know, allowing anyone to access anything. Now, you might think, oh, like you can all you can access as like names and, and documentation, like read only. What's the problem? Well, here's the problem. In IT service delivery, it's not uncommon, in fact it's it's actually quite common, to document hard coded passwords in SOPs because, you know, if Johnny is a junior analyst and just got here and he needs to, you know, push a deployment to you know a sales engineer or something. Jerry, the senior engineer, doesn't want to get called, right? Like James McQuiggan's been around for a minute here, and he is on weekend, and he doesn't want to get called, so he just hard codes that password in there. What's the big deal? You have to be in service now. You got to be at, you know, on prem. Well, the problem is you can query it and pull that data. Now, Daniel Meisler, another great um, uh, person in our industry, said that he hasn't seen this exploited in the wild. Uh, I do appreciate that. I'd be curious on what his methodology was to fit, to to validate that statement because um you know ServiceNow is a cloud solution uh, so maybe there's some back end thing but like me querying it from my my chair at home and and James threat actor next to me querying it from somewhere else uh, i don't know how that would show up in the logs in in a way that you could easily point to one as threat actor and one as legitimate end user so um the tldr here okay and um I actually worked at an organization that uses ServiceNow, and I immediately forwarded this to the CISO and said, "You got to get this sorted out. If you are using ServiceNow, definitely need to um, send this over to IT. If you have an application team, usually ServiceNow is not a small business solution; it is an enterprise, uh, you know, more than five thousand person company or more um, solution. So you're going to want to send that to them and make sure that this is there. Also, by the way, I would strongly encourage researching how to." not exploit this, but how to query these uh, um, these uh, data stores and open up a, uh, you know, go, go to a Starbucks, open a fresh install, um, and try to query those to confirm. Like, this is one of those controls that you need to validate that it's being implemented correctly, because this isn't a patch. This is a configuration of the ServiceNow instance. And if you don't do it right, uh, you might have a false sense of security, and then you're, 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 you're like wearing a hospital gown and you didn't tie the back and your butt's flying in the wind james do you have any thoughts on this story
1: no now i've just got this mental image of jerry walking down a hallway with his butt hanging out the back thank you yeah. <laughs> um no yeah when we start seeing you know thousands of companies at risk because this is such a uh, an organization that supports so many enterprise organizations having that data exposed my first reaction is always okay who's had access to it who's been able to uh, look at this data, has this been explo- uh, exposed? Has it been exploited? You know, uh, you know. I, we always think back to solar winds. We think back to move it earlier this year. You know, from a supply chain standpoint, how much of their data has been exposed? Has it been stolen? Can they go back through and verify it? Hopefully that's something they can uh, do through their forensics and, and have a look at that. So, yeah, um, it's unfortunate. You hate, you, you know, organizations like this, they will always say, every organization will say, we take security very seriously we take privacy very seriously my question to that is always how seriously do you take it you know do you take it seriously enough uh and so that becomes the concern here so hopefully they've now rectified this issue and uh are dealing with the aftermath and and making sure that uh nothing was nothing was lifted
0: the the one other thing i'll say and this is just a a sad reality and i'm kind of talking to some of the people who are newer to the industry here ServiceNow is like a massive implementation. So even if you got your complete exposure and you're uber pissed about it, like you're not going to be able to just rip ServiceNow out. It's like it 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 is very entangled into organizations. You spend a lot of money training your staff up. A lot of places will spend money to have a third party come in and actually implement it for them. You typically sign multi-year contracts with ServiceNow. So this is not going to have a profound immediate impact on ServiceNow at all. Like, you know, obviously they're gonna send the email out that security is important to them and everything like that. But just be mindful that like, they're not gonna take a financial hit because of this. Um, but you know, it, it just, it really pisses me off, frankly. Sorry, Kennedy. Like, it, it, it bothers me that, um, there we go. It bothers me because Default config should be secure by default, and then you unlock them. I'm, I'm so annoyed by the engineering architectural d- approach, which has been the way forever of like, oh, you know, it's open fully and then you have to secure it. And sometimes you don't even know you're supposed to have to secure it. It's just, it just, it annoys me and I get why they're doing it because my aunt Orthea, who gets an IOT camera and plugs it in and it doesn't work because it's all hardened, returns it to Walmart and is like, this camera's broke. Me- and meanwhile, then buys the Zixel camera that is a total hot, piece of trash and then it works and th- there you go so it's all about straight cash homie Straight cash homie
2: all right here we go Ukrainian hacktivist take down a ransomware site a pro-ukrainian hacktivist group known as ukrainian cyber alliance claims it shut down the leak site operated by the trigona ransomware organization the group's spokesperson said it took 10 of trigona's servers offline exfiltrated data and defaced its website the damage extended to taking down trigona's admin panel landing page and crypto wallets the uca said it will review exfiltrated data and may share some with researchers trend micro previously reported that trigona came online back in june 2022 targeting healthcare tech and banking organizations across brazil the us india israel italy and turkey wow okay and now a word from our sponsor it just goes to show you how many freaking
0: ransomware groups there are until like five seconds ago i never heard of this trigona ransomware group okay uh, and just a fun fact, myself and in this instance, James McQuiggan, do no ze- we do zero research and zero prep for this show. so you're getting just straight hot takes everywhere. Um, I had never heard of this, but now they're now they're down. Um, it's a ransomware group. they do name and shame, they do data XO. It's basically ransomware 101. It doesn't matter the name changes tomorrow. it'll be Flaming Donkey and today it's Trigona. it, it doesn't matter. The one thing that uh, stood out to me in this story that I really, really appreciate is that they were taken down by the Ukrainian Cyber Alliance. Now, whether that's a, excuse me, a government agency or a public private sector thing, or just some like hacktivist, I don't know. But what I do like is that Ukraine is literally at war right now. And they're like, no, we, we still got a couple cycles to take down some ransomware threat actors. Like, suck it, bro. And then it says they've been doing it since 2014. Like, I know it's hard to see on the stream, but like, it's actually kind of comical that not only did they, you know, put down the, I can't zoom in on this. Um, Not only did they put the, uh, you've been screwed by um, landing page on the website, but they also, they also put here, let's see if I can zoom in on it for you guys. Like, welcome to the world you created for others, like busting, disrupting Russian criminal enterprises since 2014. It's a little cheeky, Um, If you will, uh, you don't typically see. That's why I was saying. I don't know if this is public, private sector. Usually, you never see like the FBI put a uh, take down a dark web marketplace and then just put a picture of like you know the um, like the tasteless um, bump uh, the thing that goes on trailer hitches typically in Texas that looks like male genitalia, right? Like like that. That's like the equivalent of what they're doing here uh, by like rubbing. (laughs) It's like try going and we ripped you down and then like rubbing their nose in the pee in the carpet and being like, ah, suck it bro uh so anyways that's what's going on here um that is a little bit of a spicy hot take I did mention um a couple things that are probably uh, pg 13 so <laughs> here we go oh that was loud sorry people um James any thought on try going to ransomware threat actor takedown
1: well, I mean, as soon as I heard about or saw this, the first thing I thought of was the Conti takedown You know, from a couple of years ago where you had Ukrainian members of that ransomware group because once the Conti said, we're standing with Russia, any attack on them, on Russia, we will attack back. And the Ukraine members that were in that were going, yeah, no, and proceeded to pretty well dump everything out there. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me the Ukraines are still working, but I, I agree with you. I think this is a hacktivist group that's out there. Uh, but ironically, and I have seen it before, if the FBI does take down a dark web page or takes down a, a group page, they put their FBI logo up there and they go, we got gotcha. you. You know, this page has been claimed by the FBI and. Blah 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 blah. And whatever else, but yeah, they kind of rub the nose into it a little bit as well. I've seen that happen uh, from time to time with a lot of the different groups. But you know, hey, more power to the uh, the UCA to going through and and uh, taking these guys down. But you're right, Trigona gone. Didn't hadn't heard of them. Uh, Must have been a small group, most likely. Now they've disbanded and they'll go and create another group, or they'll go join one of the other groups that are up there. So yeah, it's uh, one down. Unfortunately, it's just a drop in the bucket, and we got a long way to go.
0: Yeah, and actually, James brings up a really great point here. Like the Trigona ransomware site and infrastructure has been taken down, but the humans who are part of that criminal gang are not down. They will just re refactor and and show up in a different uh, threat actor thing. So, a great point. Like, yeah, like yeah, like a Hydra. It's a it's a win for the community, but at the same time, it doesn't really move the needle as far as like truly uh, stopping or you know uh, preventing future instances
1: uh, so you get people behind bars and arrested and off the street yeah
0: and zach chode asked if this is website defacing so technically yes this is website defacing since um you know basically this uh ukrainian cyber alliance was not the authorized web server admins and they did change the web server so this is Co- this is correct, this is website defacement. It's just we all accept it <laughs> because it feels like the good guy's doing the defacing so it's socially acceptable.
1: And who's prosecuting, right? Right, e- exactly,
0: exactly. I-, I just wanna give a quick shout out to uh, BSEC who said that uh, the Ukrainian Cyber Alliance is giving Trigonia a wedgie and a swirly. So nice, <laughs> nicely done, uh, BSEC. All right, let's hit the mid-roll. By the way, ooh, 831, we almost nailed it.
2: Vanta, growing a business That likely means more tools, third-party vendors, and data sharing, aka way more risk. Vanta's market-leading trust management platform brings GRC and security efforts together. Integrate information from multiple systems and reduce risk to your business and your brand, all without the need for additional staffing. And by automating up to 90% of the work for SOC 2, ISO 27001, and more, you'll be able to focus on strategy and security not maintaining compliance. Join 5,000 fast growing companies that leverage Vanta to manage risk and prove security in real time. Our listeners get $1,000 off Vanta. Go to Vanta.com slash CISO to claim that discount. That's V-A-N-T-A.com slash CISO. All right, hey,
0: quick shout out to Henry Eek for first timer. Joining live for the first time, but we'll still call that a first timer. Welcome to the party, pal. Manual sound effects today. Also, squad members, just a quick reminder that the uh, emote tray has been updated to include a new John McClain, a.k.a. Diehard Welcome to the Party Pal squad emotes. Get on that. Guys, it is the mid roll. Mods, let me know if the audio is too loud on this. All right, everybody, it is the mid roll. Oh, my God. Don't get me started on Vanta. All right. so. Uh, a quick shout out uh, again to all of you. Thank you to the uh, stream sponsors, Barricade, Cyber, Panopsi and Anti-Siphon Training, whose conference we are basically at right now, James and I. Anti-Siphon Training is disrupting the traditional cybersecurity training and education industry by offering high-quality cutting of the cost that other organizations frack. Um, they give students the opportunity to learn without any constraint of financial um, bearing. Uh, Go to the link in the description below, go to Anti-Siphon, check out the training tab, then the pay what you can training, and you can see it'll come up with a calendar of events. All of these trainings can be taken for absolutely zero dollars. I know several of you have taken advantage of this and have really great things to say. You can learn PCI. John Strand himself, who is a legend, um, he's walking around here at the conference. Um, He teaches three of these particular trainings himself. And it's just, uh, it's really good. I I probably shouldn't have loaded this page because the internet is so bad right now. But anyways, thanks to Anti-Siphon Training. Thanks to Jason Blanchard and Deb Wigley also who um, are behind the scenes helping make this happen for Simply Cyber and uh, Black Hills Information Security. Guys, I want to take a hot minute and thank all of you for being here. Looks like we've got, um, how many of you uh, beautiful people are there? um 297 so we almost hit 300 that's amazing you guys are all amazing if you got a second hit the like button it goes a long way to providing uh other people in the industry to find the simply cyber daily cyber threat brief and i've had a lot of people come up to me at the at the conference and tell me that um they are, you know, they regularly attend the show. Some hashtag passive observers, self-admitted. I had one woman on the plane turn around and say she recognized my voice and uh, that she's a regular hashtag team replay. So uh, I, I genuinely appreciate all of you. And, and special thanks to um, this man, James McQuiggan, for all he does for the Simply Cyber community and for guest hosting today. We're going to do the Simply Cyber community challenge in a minute here. But James, you want to you do some
1: mid-roll shenanigans? Oh, you're putting me on the spot. Mid-roll shenanigans. Well, you know, this is certainly a podcast that's worth waking up to every day. Uh, and the Simply Cyber Community Challenge is such a great way to be able to connect with uh, people on LinkedIn. You know, one of the tricks that you talk about on LinkedIn is comment on five people's posts every day uh, and try to get connected uh, with people, following people uh, and everything else. But, yeah, it's it's this community has been growing by leaps and bounds over the last year fantastic work that you and the mods do uh, it is a an honor it's a privilege to uh, be sitting here next to you doing the podcast because i sit next to you all the time at the bar uh sorry kennedy uh but uh essentially yeah this is a great community certainly one to be a part of make this part of your daily routine for all those first timers that are here and uh yeah take away fr- take what you can away from this chat with people at work about it share it with your friends and family
0: Love it. So let's talk about the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Do me a solid. Um, guys, right now, Raniel Isaac. I don't know if Raniel is in chat or not. Uh, please let me know, mods. But listen, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge is an initiative that can enable you to literally blow up your LinkedIn network with meaningful, supportive cybersecurity people, which means A, your network's awesome, and B, your feed is like basically good content instead of a bunch of crap that you don't care about. Go on LinkedIn, search for this hashtag right here, simply hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge and connect with the people posting. Simple as that. You will notice a profound quality of life on your LinkedIn feed in no time at all. Right now, Ranul Isaac's got the baton. Please tag someone, Ranul. And if we not, uh, if you're not there, we will tag somebody for you uh, later on in the show. Guys, every single Thursday, Dan, uh, um, Haircut Fish, Dan Reardon makes a custom meme, and today is no different. I don't approve these. I don't censor them. We are at Wild West Hack and Fest. So Jerry at the Spaghetti Western uh, Meme of the Week, thank you so much, Haircut Fish, for your continued uh, uh, vigilance and consistency with delivering high-quality, hilarious um, <laughs> uh, memes of the week. All right, let's get back into the news, y'all.
2: Amazon and WhatsApp launch PASCY support. The inevitable march toward passkey adoption continues. WhatsApp added support on Android where it can replace two-factor authentication to let users unlock the messaging app with biometrics or a PIN. No word when iOS support will arrive. Not to be left out, Amazon added passkey support as a login option. Bleeping Computer's Lawrence Abrams noted the feature didn't work across all browsers and with all security keys yet and only allowed for bulk deleting of all passkeys rather than individual ones cia leaves information
0: all right so pass keys are like again guys if you if you haven't been paying attention basically uh big tech is trying to remove passwords uh which which is good because like passwords have been the bane of security breaches forever right uh phishing landing pages try to harvest credentials uh credential stuffing famously just recently 23andme Data breach was because of a credential stuffing attack, which basically means your creds get popped in some other data breach, and because you reuse passwords all over the place, it it, it can be used somewhere else. Um, people write their passwords down. People share passwords. Passwords are um, they're they were good for the time, but they have definitely passed their prime. They smell like you know bad milk. Like you, you're like ugh, gross. This password ugh, nasty. So pass keys really are kind of where we're going in the future. And there's a bunch of different ways to do pass keys. So priceless pancake with a super chat, amazing podcast. Absolutely do the challenge. My feed is supercharged. Shout out to James. Amazing guy. There you go, James. Thank you so much.
2: Did we just become best friends? Yep.
0: Thanks so much. Priceless pancake. Definitely love it. So here's the deal. Um, some of you, like Amazon's doing this, we're moving forward. Um, it's not going to be perfect as we roll these things out. Uh, Microsoft has been doing passwordless login for some time. There will always need to be backwards compatibility for passwords because people aren't going to understand it. Um, and you know, personally, I, you know, I don't know about you guys, but like, I have Amazon, but like, my family uses it, right? My my wife, we have one account. You probably can do family accounts at this point, but like, we have one account. Everybody logs into the same account, and you you buy stuff, right? Um, so if if you change to this. If you've ever tried to like share credentials with someone that has MFA, they basically log in, then they have to like text you and ask you for the six-digit pin, and then you have to text them back, and it's a big, it's a big pain in the ass. Oh, sorry, Kenny, it's a big pain in the butt, and we, but it's like some of those struggles that we're trying to get into, um, uh, of of rolling this out. But you know what? Just like Simply Cyber. I'm a huge fan of progress, not getting in the uh, perfection, not getting in the way of progress. Let's keep marching that. Let's keep normalizing passkeys and passwordless login, and let's get away from passwords because we all know that this guy straight up sucks at passwords.
1: Uh, James, password uh, commentary. Oh, passwords. We can go for days, but yeah, no. Real quick, seeing Amazon adding this. This is you know along with the FIDO2 uh, regulations that they've got going on. uh, You know, Google's already doing it. We got Amazon. I. You know with anybody that's using uh, apple devices you're you're able to start passing through your face recognition through their thumbprint if you've got it on androids um but yeah adding amazon adding this support uh, trying to get away from passwords it's not going to happen at least not anytime soon Um, maybe 2045 when the the robots take over but uh yeah it this is this is a step in the right direction it's good that this is happening um i know everybody hates passwords we know they're like underwear you know we you are not supposed to share them, you know. You should change it. Don't change your underwear. Well, unless you're not changing your underwear every day, now or your password every day. <laughs> Go in thirty days without changing your underwear. Um, <laughs> never mind. Uh, but essentially, you know, this is this is a step in the right direction. Glad to see that Amazon, one of the big tech companies out there, you've got Google already, uh, Microsoft, nice. and Apple, and Apple already working towards that, trying to get it. But uh, trying to get rid of passwords is is a tough. Ordeal because they've been around since I think what the 60s, 70s, yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Uh, since the, the cuckoo's egg, um, okay. MIT. But, yeah, by the way, huge shout out for a great book if you're looking for uh, an excellent read, Cuckoo's Egg by Cliff Stoll. Uh, during jawjacking, I will, um,
2: I'll bring up that and we and, and show you guys, but that's an epic read. Let's keep rolling here. Channel open to hijacking. In late September, the U.S. Central Intelligence Agency added a Telegram link on its profile on X. The agency meant for this as a means for potential informants to contact the agency with information. (laughs) However, security researcher Kevin McSheehan noticed that X truncated the visible URL on the CIA profile to an unused Telegram username. McSheehan registered the username to redirect users to a page he controlled, warning them not to share any sensitive information there. BBC News did not receive a response from the agency, but it fixed the issue within an hour of that outreach. Okay, hold on one second. ASIC, I... This is
0: a slightly bigger story. So it, it, it doesn't have to do with a compromise on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. Basically, in the CIA's Twitter profile, I, I guess I'm just going to be the old guy and just continue to refer to it as Twitter. And like, you'll you'll just know, like when I got on the platform, I guess. So in the Twitter um, profile, they had a link to their Telegram. You know, you could put a link in your, you know, link in bio, a, as the kids say nowadays. Um, and apparently it truncated it in some way that enabled um, someone to see something. I, I didn't really, I, I, I honestly, I didn't really understand it because I was laughing at uh, BSEC, losing his mind over here. But, um, you know, as far as operational security goes, I, I do like um, that, you know these these like three letter agencies these spooky agencies are trying to have a public facing presence in order to help with recruitment help with public imaging you know all the reasons that you have pr but i will say it is critically important whether you're a fortune 500 company or a us intelligence agency to practice good opsec and not i'm not, i'm not saying that people who work in pr are not smart or not um you know, uh, savvy on the, on the OPSEC side. But you do need to be mindful of that. I'm sure that this is a complete um, mistake. How would you know that the link would truncate and it would be able to be exploited in some way? Thankfully, somebody, uh, some good US citizen found it and uh, hooked it up. Uh, it looks like they were able to hijack it in some way. So obviously, the, the URL is some type of redirect. And they were able to register or get get access to that. So when you click on it, it would go to their controlled thing instead of the CIA's one. At which point, that's a that's a vulnerability, but it's not really an exploit yet because, you know, where are you sending them, right? You could send them to a, a, a hilarious page of like, ooh, like whatever, or you could send them to like a fake landing page where you start to uh, harvest creds or something like that. So, um, yeah, anyways, re- basically it's a URL redirection attack. That, if you boil it all the way down, that's what's
2: going on here crack encryption. 2048-bit encryption is considered very secure from brute force in classical computing. With technology as it stands today, it would take longer than the age of the universe to factor a 2048-bit RSA key. The startup MEM Computing thinks it can do better. It claims that in simulation, its in-memory processing ASIC could solve difficult factoring problems polynomially with size rather than exponentially as is tradition in von Neumann computing. So far, it's tested with up to 150 bits, and tests show its current chips could handle about 300 bits. The company said it would need to customize its design specifically for larger factorization problems. It claims its R&D forecast the ability to handle a 2048 bit factorization problem in as little as 10 minutes. That's a big improvement over more than all of conceivable time.
0: Yes, that is an improvement uh, over infinity. Uh, Basically, James, the story is talking about um, being able to crack uh, 2048 encryption. So, uh, a couple things here. One, Q day, as some are calling it, crypto apocalypse, as some people are calling it. Um, It it is coming, um, and basically, when it comes, it's it's you know, any any like current encrypted data will be able to be cracked. Now, there's a couple things here I want to share. One, uh, and you know th- this was kind of a revelation for me of course i'm not a big crypto guy i'm not a big uh you know encryption guy so um, this was uh interesting to me so when they they've got crypto and uh, excuse me they've got quantum computing figured out they're just solving a couple small problems right now but just because you have quantum computing doesn't mean that like aes 256 is instantly broke okay it's not like that think of the way that it's been made uh explained to me is that if you think about like, think about processors, right? So back in the, or, or um, yeah, like back in the day, it was like, oh, you had a 166 megahertz or the 233 with the turbo button, right? So. Now we have like 1.8 gigahertz processors, right? So the processor keeps getting faster, which means we can do more computations faster, programs run faster. It's very similar with quantum computing. Right now, think of the quantum computers as like a, a Commodore 64 or whatever. Like it, it, it's basic. It's like, a it's just one step above a quantum speak and spell. But as they go further and continue to put more quantum computing on one chip, when they get to like 20 qubits or whatever it is on a chip, then they're gonna be able to crack AES-256 like instantly. So the projections that have been told to me is like 2035, 2040, so we've got some time. Now, the other thing I want you to remember is that if I am a nation state and I am just siphoning data off right now that's encrypted, I, I can crack it in 2035, 2040. Now, the intrinsic value of data that was captured in 2023 may not be as valuable because it's something that is like temporal and, and has expired, but it could also not be, right? And it, someone's going to have to, there's going to be an army of analysts who are going to go through all the data as soon as it's cracked. Make no mistake, the United States is definitely doing this too. You know, BRICS are doing it. Like everyone who's got the capability to do it is absolutely going to do it. You'd be stupid to not to take advantage of this because you can literally look down you can look down the street and see the ability to crack it at the end of the road so why wouldn't you gather up everything right now so that's the deal the other thing i want to share with everybody and there'll be more than enough uh promotion of this coming up but on november 30th november 30th so like a month from now gary binder the guy who was on from intel a couple weeks ago he we were talking about intel but in the green room i was talking to gary he is like ridiculously next level smart on quantum computing like his passion actually is cryptography and he was i was like whoa dude like i started i said like something kind of like passing to him and he just like drilled down and i was like bro so he's gonna come on as a simply cyber live guest and we are going to get deep in crypto and by the end of that show we're all gonna understand uh enough about quantum computing to not sleep well Uh, james what are your thoughts on quantum and crypto
1: I was going to add to it. Yeah, we're going to be all now really afraid of our computers. Uh, Yeah, no, looking at this, uh, you know, even NIST and the US have been putting forth uh, activities and groups to develop the quantum resistant encryption and that's been going on for a while already uh and you know they've had some swings and misses but they're continuing to work to, towards it uh but yeah i always i always think back you know the computers were the size of a garage you know and uh it, it took the, all you know the computers back then to get pe- men on the moon in the late in 69 uh and now they're you know they're the size of our phones so yeah within the next 10 to 15 years we're certainly going to Get a lot more with regards to the quantum. Like you, I have an excellent resource who I go to on all my quantum questions. Um, Mr. Roger Grimes, co- uh, friend and co-worker from know Before. But um, yeah, and he's written a book about the quantum apocalypse, looking at, you know, the resistance of developing cryptography that's going to be needed uh, because but then again, yeah, it's going to be able to crack the 2048 bit encryption, but then what's not to say that we're going to have our own quantum encryption that comes along there as well. So certainly a lot of things to come over the next uh, dozen years or so. Yeah,
0: for sure. So, you know, you can pre-order your quantum uh, Windows 64 now, uh, you know, yeah, your 2048 qu- uh, quantum Windows OS. <laughs> All right, let's keep rolling here.
2: Google Play Protect adds real-time malware scanning. Google began offering Play Protect for Android in 2017. This offers on-device scans for malware on apps downloaded from the Google Play Store, third-party app stores, and sideloaded APKs. This scan happened at the point of download and installation. The problem is that many malicious apps now use means like polymorphic code or calls to a C2 server after installation to download things that would get flagged as malicious otherwise. Google updated the feature to now perform real-time scans at the code level, as well as prompting users to proactively scan any apps that haven't been already. This will extract signals from the app with code analysis done on Google's backend, not on device. Google will use Insights to further train its systems. Google already rolled out the system in India and other select markets with a global rollout over the next few months. Dude, I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. Okay, listen. Like so many people, by the way, like
0: Midjourney art, I like that too. Okay, so so many people are uh, running Android, which is fine. Like I'm 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 into like free market and having options and all that. Um, but people can be tricked pretty easily into installing uh, malicious APKs, right? And it's not even though the Google Play Store is there, and that's supposed to offer some modicum of. Of uh, clear clearance and security, unfortunately, threat actors do get in there, and um, you know Google does a good job of cleaning it up, but it still can get in there. But it's not uh, tr- it's not really ridiculous or impossible to put like kind of uh, like malvertising or you know watering hole attacks where somebody's on a an, uh, Google Android and they go to a website and like it pushes some pop-up and says you got to download this or whatever, and then boom, you're you're owned. So. This basically, the way I'm reading this, this is basically like a behavioral based anti-malware solution that Google is baking into the Android operating system to basically help Carl, Carl! from from, from help hurting himself. I love it. Like, way to go, Google. Like, I'm so happy in 2023 and I, I complain about this from time to time, but like, I'm so happy in 2023 that big tech companies aren't just about pushing features. They are actually interested in protecting their consumers, which, you know, it doesn't necessarily add value to the bottom line. They don't sell more units because because of this, right? But um, just as like a social obligation, you know, half of America, probably, you know, these are round numbers, but like half of America is running Android OS, right? So like you kind of have a social obligation to make sure that the product is, is a little bit safer, a little bit more protected. Uh, and I absolutely love this, you know, the iPhone model of walled garden and, and really structuring it down and sandboxing all the apps. That's just a different paradigm approach to doing this. Um, people like independence and autonomy to to make their choose their own adventure and do what they want. So uh, I just appreciate Google. Now, w- one other thing I want to point out, and I, I say this every time an Android story comes up, remember, if you're running some type of forked piece of technology, right, like a $25 Android mobile phone, you're probably not going to get access to this technology because um, you're not going to be able to update the operating system to the newest level. A lot of times those forked OS's don't do support for the newer versions of Android OS because it'll break everything on the device and they can't assure that the device can be able to support all the new functionality and crap like that. So for for my money, uh, I will give you two options, one, if you're going to use like uh, you know really cheap, low-end uh, Android stuff, that's fine, but don't use it for anything sensitive. And two, if you are going to use Android devices for something sensitive, it, it, it is in your best interest um, to basically do what cybersecurity programs do. Invest $10 now instead of spending $100 down the road and buy a Google Pixel or got, got, get a Samsung, um, whatever the Samsung phone is. What is it? I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever the Samsung, ba- basically buy a, a premium Google, phone. I, personally, I would get the Google Pixel because you're always going to make sure that the Android OS is going to be supported. Uh, James is a a, a a iPhone user, which is great, but uh, he might have some thoughts on Android.
1: Yeah, no, when it comes to the Android, uh, I had a former CISO. We always used to bust each other's chops because I was an iPhone user. He was a Android user. And every time there'd be a new vulnerability that would come out, it'd be a message being sent to him going, oh, look, another vulnerability on, on the Android. Uh, And over the years, we've seen with mobile malware, over 90% of the malware that gets detected out there is on the Android platform. Uh, But this is good that seeing this, that uh, Google's coming forward, definitely uh, echo with regards to using, you know, Google Pixels. If you are using an older Google phone or an Android phone with the older flavors, um, yeah, you are running that risk because, you know, they're not patched and updated anymore because I remember their old business model uh, with regards to that. Um, I mean, I have an, I have actually – I think I have a Pixel 3 at home. It's my uh, burner phone. Uh, I, I do use that for uh, for my OSINT work that I do and when I don't want people to try and track me. Um, so, but yeah, so it's good to see that Google's got this, especially with the behavioral analysis because uh, – and this is what I'm uh, talking about today. So if you're here at Bob Les Hackenfest, my talk this afternoon on AI – I, may, I discuss a little bit about about the polymorphic malware and the fact that it has its ability to rewrite code on the fly and adjust based on the environment. And so that's what Google's looking at, trying to improve here. Um, you know, Apple for years they've gone through and had their testing and vetting process that they do for their phones. Yes, there have been some that got through, but it's a lot less than what we've seen on the. Uh, on the android platform over the years but um yeah and that that was always something it's like oh google uh, iphone messed up they let a piece of malware get in but they immediately remove it and shut it down so um but it's like coke and pepsi you know it's whatever you're comfortable with whatever you like using uh some people like the open source capabilities of the android other folks you know just give me my iphone because you know i turn it on and it you know works it just works. I got to say, the sunrise coming up behind us here is absolutely gorgeous. I just realized that uh, sunset, Sunrise officially is in a uh, quarter after seven. So, yeah, it's looking really good. Yeah, the, the sunrise in the
0: background is a staple of the mobile studio uh, when we're on the road. Uh, and CJ, Android phone equals burner phone, absolutely hilarious. Uh, great joke. I love that one. CJ, said it. he set it back up over here. Uh, you can see it right here. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right, let's, let's round out the stories. Here we go.
2: X tests subscriptions to post. The social network, formerly known as Twitter, published details about this in its help center, detailing a beta for a new Not-A-Bot subscription program. X began the test in New Zealand and the Philippines. The subscription costs $1 a year for new users, allowing users to post, repost, and like content. Reading X content remains free. Current sign remain limited to the web, although the help post indicates mobile app sign-up will be available at some point. Okay,
0: so a couple of things with this one. When I first saw this, I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, they're going to try to monetize your ability to retweet or tweet? Um, I was like, this is the death of Twitter. And then I read it. Okay, so I actually like it. Okay, there, there are a couple problems with this one, but I do like it. Here's Here's the deal with this one. It's one dollar a year, right? So I think that that's you know reasonable. And the idea is that any any like you know whatever Russian or NSA or whoever you want, they can create uh, bot accounts like in mass uh, using scripts and stuff like that. So these disinformation campaigns around election time, um, you know, Palestine, Israel, there's all sorts of you know uh, quote unquote misinformation, disinformation. Things are being difficult to track as what's true and what's uh, false. So by doing this, it's basically introducing a hurdle that uh, is, is a challenge. Now, to me, it's not the dollar, right? Because like Russia or the United States can spend $100,000 and get 100,000 bot accounts, right? That's not the thing. It's that you need to put in a credit card or you need to uh, align some type of financial account with it. Um, so that that is a level of process that is interesting because first of all, if you're a threat actor, um, are you know like what what financial thing are you going to put? Maybe you, r- you steal someone's credit card, uh, and then you put it on there. But again, it that's that's a pain in the a, right? That that introduces process. So now, I think this actually will work from weeding out um a lot of the bot activity and, and that type of stuff. Uh, so I do appreciate it. They're they're only testing it out in a couple places like Austria and New Zealand I think they said which is funny cuz I, I don't really think of like high end bot activity going on there but maybe they figured like if it if it was if it left a crappy taste in people's mouth they would just be like oh you know oi 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 like we're good here. Um so uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. The uh, the one thing I want to point out here that you know I try to be really um mindful of from a diversity and inclusion perspective is some people do not have access to money, right? Like, like people in emerging countries who might use more of a barter system for getting stuff, but they do have a phone like Ghana, for example, right? Kind of a third world country, but they have like some of the best internet in the world, right? Which is why, if you don't know, Ghana is like ground zero for romance scams and that type of fraudulent activity. So, you know, like, does that mean that, like, a legitimate citizen in Ghana who doesn't have a credit card, who doesn't have a bank account, just has, like, fistful of dollars, they're not really able to, they're, they're no longer able to take advantage of Twitter as a platform? And Twitter has been used for revolution, right? Go back and look at Turkey when the the, the prime minister, or whatever they call him over there, um, was corrupt and his, his family was stealing money, and uh, the citizens of Turkey revolted, and they used Twitter to coordinate, Right. So Twitter isn't just a, hey, look at what I had for breakfast or like the Patriots suck messages while that content is there. Um, It can also be used for movements and and, and, in asynchronous communication vehicles that cannot be stopped by centralized government or authoritative regimes easily. It can be it can be suppressed. But so uh, I think to me, that was the only kind of like downside of this approach that I could see is that you're going to limit people, uh, unfortunately james any thoughts on our final story today
1: yeah i mean it's it's a a new business model that you know certainly elon's trying out here and and trying to see if it if it takes because right now if it starts at a dollar in several more years it'll go to five it's like oh yeah no a dollar was fine and then they come out with new features oh it's five dollars a year or ten dollars a year and it's just another way to monetize after he pretty well gutted the whole company um i know for me twitter used to be a huge platform i still uh have an account I still post every now and again, but I'm not as active on there as I used to be. Nowadays, it's it's more about um, LinkedIn and everything else. So, yep.
2: All right. Let's keep it going. Securities and Exchange Commission issued new cyber rules. What do these new rules mean for CISOs and will they ultimately improve our cybersecurity posture? Uh, that's what we'll be discussing on this week's episode. Of... No. All right. So that's that
0: story. Hold on. Here we go. Let's go on to do. Alright guys, if you were here just for the news, I want to thank you. Before you go, I want to tell everybody that uh, there is no Simply Cyber Live tonight because we are live in Deadwood, Wild West Hack Fest. If you are at Wild West Hacken Fest, if you are in Deadwood, right? Tonight at 8pm, we will be doing a Simply Cyber community meetup at Dale's Sportsbook. This is the bar basically in the basement of the uh, conference uh, venue. All right. So upstairs is where the conference talks are all happening downstairs by the slot machines. There's a huge like sports book bar and we're going to be down there at eight o'clock. I got the huge simply cyber uh, flag. We can do a group photo. We can have some beers. We can high five uh, David. Ro- <laughs> David Robbins. I ran into yesterday. wearing a simply cyber shirt. Shout out and love to him uh, for his post with the simply cyber community challenge. Uh, um, Jenny Housley, did we get somebody uh for the baton? I want to make sure that we pass the baton, uh, to somebody before we do a couple minutes of jaw jacking shout out to, um, shout out to Jesse Johnson, who I, I can't pull a photo up, but he was basically playing bass in a, um, jam band with uh, John Strand on lead vocals last night. So Jesse Johnson just sliding into the literal uh, DMs of John Strand um, and just kicking it. So let's check it out really quickly. Um, I don't see anyone with the uh, baton. I do wanna giddy up on that baton really quickly. So Uh, not yet. Okay, so we're gonna pick somebody right now. Let's go. Let's see. Who, who? I know Wargoons has done it. Uh Luke Canfield's done it. Stephanie Strauss has definitely done it. Um Hemo hemoglobin? He hemoglobin. I know Fallon's done it. Let me know. Uh if you are interested in doing the Simply Cyber Community Challenge, we definitely would love to have you have you get um, the baton and share your story with us. I know Zach Choates done it before. Chris K. Hall yes, Robert Wiley is in the house. My man, Robert Wiley. Come on down, Robert Wiley. You are the next contestant on the hashtag Simply cyber Community Challenge. Thank you very much for your uh, volunteer and for being part of that. So everybody, just a reminder, Robert Wiley is going to go on LinkedIn. He is going to post his, his cyber story and use the hashtag Simply cyber Community Challenge. And after that, all you gotta do is go on there, find that post, comment on it, connect with Robert, connect with the people in the comments, and you're off and running on this amazing journey of the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Now, guys, that if you were here just for the news, that's what's up. I want to thank all of you for being here. Special, oh, hold on one second. Special shout out to my co-host today, James McQuiggan, who is an amazing individual. Uh, he'll be here at Wild West Hackenfest with me. We'll be co-presenting uh, a talk at 10 a.m. local time, if I'm not mistaken, James. Here's Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll be presenting live um, at 10 a.m. right after the keynote if you're interested in that. Is that, uh, is that better? Better. Okay. So, anyways, we're going to pivot right now to some jaw jacking. Are you, uh, are you game? Yeah.
1: I, I got to add something real quick.
0: Oh, okay. Hold on one second. J- James, before you
1: guys go, here you go. So, you know. Every day, there's something different with Jerry, right? Well, tomorrow is Dad Joke Friday. So here's a little sneak peek for everybody. What's a vampire's favorite part of a horse race? It's when it's neck and neck. (laughs) 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 Ha ha. Ha (laughs) ha. There you go. Back to you.
0: All right. Thanks, y'all. All right. Hey, guys, if you were here just for the news, thank you so very much for being here. We absolutely love it. If you want to stick around, uh, we are going to do some jaw jacking live from Deadwood. Uh, and if you're a first-timer and you don't know what jawjacking is, it's basically just a super chill AMA uh, where the community hangs out, high fives. We share some stories from last night. And uh, just have a good time. I'll, I'll pull some photos up too. So stay with us. Otherwise, we'll see you tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern time for the next Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. Peace out. it's not looking good. Hold on one second. This is definitely not um uh we got problems here. Hold on. <laughs> St- stand by. Hold on. Let me let, let me get music going first. Oh yeah, yeah. Here we go. All right, here we go. We got this. Just bear with me. St- stand by to stand by. Hold on. We got we got chat coming James. You see how the the uh oh you see how the sausage is made, man? This oh, is yeah. crazy. But here we go. All right, let's do this. Let's do this. No, this. Oh my God! Yeah, it's it's something else. Uh, Nine twenty-two. All right, here we go. Adding source. Standby. Nope. Yes. Boom, boom, and then let's do this. There we go, y'all. All right. This. Oh. Okay. I, that that just popped up for some reason. Yeah, I guess maybe it was just um, slow because um, whatever. Who cares. Ch- yeah, whatever. Chat's here, and uh, we're yeah, we're doing we're it. With Carls. Yeah, yeah. This is like Carl, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Like mod chats gonna be like Jerry. What are you doing? Like like the base case just woke up somewhere. He's like, ah, <laughs> what's wrong? All right. So we got chat up. We got everything going. What's up, everybody, guys? If you are at Wild West Hack and Fest, let us know in chat. would love, uh, to you know have everybody uh, here. Let us know you're here so we can high five accordingly. Uh, David Robbins is in chat. What's up? Uh, put it in your schedule next year if you want to meet the team. Exactly. Meet and learn. Uh, I got to high five David Robbins yesterday, which was fantastic. If, if you got something to say, uh, James, just just take the mic. Um, all right. So, Deben, Deben Grady is sitting for the Pentest Plus tomorrow morning. Enjoy the Wild West Hackenfest. Deben, good luck with the Pentest Plus. Give you a Give you one of those Viking horns. All right. Standing by to stand by. I know, b just dying with, with all that. Uh, Eric Taylor's got a dad joke. Have you heard they are not making 12-inch rulers any longer? Yep. Oh, my God. They're
1: not making them any longer. That is
0: yep. brutal. It's
1: actually, I've heard it with yardstick, but yeah. Okay, yardstick
0: yardsticks meters, are also like, not being made longer, safe. apparently. Yeah. All right, are we having a Simply Cyber meetup at B-Sides Charleston? We should. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's definitely happening. Uh, the B-Sides, well, uh... Yeah, we'll have to see. Like, I'm I'm bringing my kids to B-Sides Charleston, which, which is fine. It's not like, you know, where the plan is to meet up and blackout. But, like, I, I, I've got, like, obligations um, with my kids and stuff. So, you know, w- we'll figure it out, Frank. Um, at worst, there will be a meetup. I may not be there. But James McQuiggan is speaking at uh, ch- uh, B-Sides Charleston this year. Joe Hudson I spoke to last night. Uh, just quick name drop. Joe Hudson was here. Um and he Yep, yeah, thank you and uh he's going to be at um sides charleston as well in attendance yeah so uh it'll be a good time obviously casually joseph eric taylor from barricade cyber will be there Hello, eric. yep eric will be there it'll be all about good times um <laughs> be second kids to the bar yes <laughs> um let's see uh i'd love to go to b-sides charleston but i get back up north after greenville yep Dad joke, what does the dog say before the plane takes flight? Get ready to take off. Oh, my God, Man. that is good one, Zach. We, we've opened a can of worms. They can have root beer. Oh, very uh, good. Oh, my God. You you need your own dad joke stream basically is what's going on here. I love it. Oh, by the way, if you are here at Deadwood um, right after the stream ends, I'm going you're, you're welcome to come. I'm going downstairs to the restaurant they have. The, like the most unhealthy breakfast uh, there is. Like they sell basically, uh, it's a sausage, egg and cheese biscuit, right. and it's two of them brec- brec- breakfast sandwiches. Right. But they just covered in white gravy. So oh my it's it's oh my yeah. it's biscuits and gravy. Except the biscuits are sausage, egg and cheese it's sandwiches.
1: Stuff, sorry, Kenny, but it's stuff on a shingle. Yeah, yeah, it
0: is stuff on a shingle, and it's uh it's probably twelve hundred calories. But
1: oh, well, you need it. We'll need it for today. We're I know. Well, it's
0: cold on. here in Deadwood yeah. too, so I do need to bulk up for to to keep the heat on my body yeah all right what else we got hashtag jaw and my man Emilio garcia knows what's cracking um yeah joe, joe hudson is working at um tcm now good guy Heath heath adams is here we, we did the speaker dinner last night um talked to heath Damn. for a bit yeah it was good to see him i saw zach uh, hill too uh haircut fish dropping in uh chat dad joke i have to I have to give some respect for sidewalks. Been keeping them off the street for years. Keeping me off the
1: street for years. That is
0: hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Haircut fish. Yeah. (laughs) The the few manual sound effects I have to make here. Hashtag um, first timers also. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal. Thank you, James. Uh, Why did the AI refuse to date a vampire? Oh, my God. Why did the AI? I don't know, Chris K. Hall. Why? Because it couldn't handle the constant bite. Uh, oh uh, my God!
1: Uh, I'm stealing that one. You go. That one. <laughs> my it.
0: God! Eric Taylor. Two guys walked into a bar. The third guy ducked. Third guy ducked. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yep. Actually, I say three guys walk into a bar, and the fourth one.
0: Okay. Yeah. Hey, but did, did yeah, you? It you, works. You know why? Um, the the horse walked in the bar, and the bartender was like, "Why the long face?" It,
1: no. You know
0: on. that? That's it. That's the joke. That's the joke. Why the long face? Yeah, yeah. Because you know he's like sad that's bartender. Why yeah. the long face?
1: Well, my horses have a long thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Get What why is why is my dad joke not work? <laughs> Everybody's dad joke works, mine <laughs> fails. Okay. I do have kids. I am a dad. Like I qualify. Oh no, Nick. Oh, it's no, it I is know. so good, Emmanuel Dark. Um, dad joke. How do you get a country girl's attention? A trap? a tractor. A, a tractor. tractor. <laughs> oh. Nice. Aha. that one's good. I like that uh-huh. one. Catch me outside. How about that? Catching outside. How about that? I love it. Simply sound Simply CyberCon T-shirt are the only uh in slim size. Or do you have them bigger no, no no um no we i think we have them in small medium large extra large um i don't know if that's a i don't know if frank is making a uh editorial statement about my frame <laughs> or not uh, so I, I i'll try not to read into that frank but yeah no if you go to the uh the website uh simply org, you'll see the link to the shirts are they live streaming any of wild west Fest? alan norris asks not that i'm aware of
1: they've got the virtual Watch it work.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yes, yeah. they are. But you, you do have, have to uh, access, right? register for know, I, that access, I believe. I, I it's not free. It's oh, actually, again, dude, you know my favorite part about jawjacking, James, is that like 10 minutes into jawjacking, I remember something like super cool that I want to share. <laughs> what you want to share? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I confirmed, for those who are not going to be at B-Sides Charleston, uh, I am giving the keynote this year. My talk is called What Game of Thrones Can Teach Us About Cybersecurity. Cool. And I confirmed that they are live streaming at least my keynote okay. on YouTube and it'll be available to anyone uh, cool. for free. So if you want to catch out my, if you want to catch my keynote, um, that will be available to everybody and anybody and that wants to your, giddy uh, up on that. What's that? Definitely
1: have the link available. The discord. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're on discord, use exclamation point discord in chat right now. If you don't know what the discord is and you'll get what you need. Oh, no problem, Frank. Yeah, no, we, we have, um, we have all the things that you need, um, if you go to the website, uh, simplycybercon.org. If I can go there right now, let me check it out. Store, I'm, I'm going there right now. I know you can't see it. I think if I share my screen, it's just gonna be a hot mess. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I wasn't. I didn't think through all of this. Um, all right, so here's the store. Come on, come on, come on, come on, grab your swag. And then here, um, let's see. Yeah, uh, so Frank. Right now, you can get this shirt, small, medium, large, extra large, and uh, that's it. The 2XL is sold. And, oh, you can, I, that, yeah, you can get it in 3XL, 4XL, and 5XL. So um, it seems like there's a fit for every, for every shape and size. So definitely got you covered there. All right. That's so bad, A. Eh? I love it. Uh, nice looking forward to it. Very cool. Eric Taylor with another dad joke. Which state has the most streets? Rhode Island.
1: Rhode Island, it's also the smallest.
0: It is the smallest state. That's, That's just size more the of. a
1: extent, right? That city. Yeah. Uh. Oh now, my. I gotta admit, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to Simply Cyber this year, because uh, you've asked me, and I get I get the honor and pleasure of emceeing the second track. Yeah, if you did not know
0: that. Um, James okay. McQuin. I
1: don't know if that was supposed No, to be no, bad. no,
0: that's fine. James McQuiggan has accepted the uh, the, the opportunity, I guess. Got and it, yeah, yeah. And I mean I, I needed the help. But um so track one, I'll be emceeing. Track two, James McQuiggan will be emceeing, uh, which is, you know, awesome and uh, it, it's gonna just make the show good. Uh, a, a programming note next Friday, a week from tomorrow, so October twenty-seventh. We will be doing another wet run of the tech stack for Simply CyberCon. Uh, I'd also like to get the um, the Discord uh, tested out as far as, like, the workflow of having someone go from green room to, sh- to you know, uh, on stage, on stage right. and be pulled off stage, yeah. share share slides and stuff like that. So, uh, we're going to do that. CJ with a dad joke. Five ants move into an apartment. They moved in five more. Now
1: they are ten ants. Yeah. Ten ants. Do you know why ants never get sick? You know why ants never get sick? Because they have antibodies. Oh, my God so
0: good so good marcus kyler with some breaking news what do we got marcus drop it in chat let's know uh tim mcdonald thanks for the kind words about having a great show with me and james uh definitely enjoyed doing the show with james this is the first time i've done it with another person live uh eric taylor and i have done it like virtual kind of
1: well it's a pleasure to sit in the beehole hole chair Yeah, exactly. This is the
0: A hole chair. This is the B hole chair. And and the new studio actually has the capability for a two person podcast setup. James is coming to Charleston for B side, so maybe we'll do a uh, we'll revisit the uh, Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing podcast live. And I actually have a mixing board that has two XL or four XLR amps. We can get the headphone like get the cans going, all that. Uh, It's gonna be good. Why can't you hear a pterodactyl going to the bathroom? Because, because the P is silent, James. Is silent. Oh, my yes. God. Yes. That is hilarious. I love that one, Billy TP. I'll there probably be telling That's my kids one. that one.
1: That's a good one for your kids, yeah. Yep.
0: Dad, you said P. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, let's go uh, a couple more minutes here, and then we'll, we'll boogie out of here. Hey, quick shout-out to Jesse Johnson. So I forgot my headphones uh, when I was p- p- packing my kit, and um, – Jesse loaned me these uh, late last night, and Jesse, these cans work perfectly. Thank you so very much. Also, shout out to CJ. Uh, CJ uh, helped – you know, this is a gift from CJ, my travel uh, French press. This thing works like nails. Uh, James had a cup of coffee out of it earlier. Solid, right? Chef's kiss. So, uh, yeah, we're straight up crushing it out here in Deadwood. Living the dream. (laughs) Living the dream for sure. Um, Let's see – Hey, what's up, Secure Nation? Good to see you, uh, Jim Wales, my man. Good to see you. Uh, we saw Jess Bishop here uh, yesterday. Yeah. yeah, Jess Bishops in yeah. uh, Deadwood. Um, ACI Learning. I got interviewed by, by them. I don't know wh- when or where they're posting the content that they uh, captured, but uh, ACI Learning's
1: here. That was a good time. Ran into uh, ran into Nathan Hicks too. He's another one of the one of our listeners. one of your our oh, sorry your listeners. <laughs> Uh yeah so shout out to him for I ran to him last night and uh I'm actually uh unfortunately I'm only here today tomorrow I got to tomorrow late tomorrow morning hit the road go to secure West Virginia uh their conference they're doing out there uh, I'm keynoting there on Saturday on AI so uh, shout out to all the folks over in West Virginia
0: there you go so if you are um in the in, area. In, in in West Virginia going to secure West yeah. Virginia holler. uh a bit of a uh um tasteless joke but do you know what did you know that the toothbrush was invented in west virginia really yeah why because if it was invented anywhere else it'd be called the teeth brush
1: exactly there you go
0: okay Ha-ha! <laughs> and i've just alienated all west virginia citizens <laughs> of the simply That's cyber community i am sorry oh i am boy. with all Thanks. due respect like i i just i get like canceled like i'm yeah. like i'm done L- right. the w- update the wikipedia page when uh j- october 19th when jerry made the west virginia joke oh hey luke canfield typically goes to secure west virginia cool. so uh luke are you going to be there come on up man david robbins yes uh cool. oh yep there's jesse johnson's here we oh, go. Great, go we on. can jesse if you drop stills in here we'll i'll bring oh i can't bring them up one, ch- hold on one second let me let me do this sure. yeah i just yeah hold on one second i just we'll go like this oh, very yeah, so there is Jesse Johnson and Sophia Goodwin from ACI Learning. Um, yeah, they're definitely like good people. Well, everybody, Th- this, conference, people. Is this awesome. conference is awesome. Not not to not to um, make people, <laughs> yeah, not to make people f- feel um, uh, FOMO, but like it's so cool, so cool. All right, we got a couple more minutes up in here. Keep rolling. All right. So Zach Cho talking. All right. So there's some side chatter. <laughs> okay. So B dollar 78 was born in West Virginia and approves that joke. So thank you B dollar. I feel that I've gotten uh, validation, uh, and, and, and used to, uh, to make that joke happen. Very good. Thank Stop lying you. It's <laughs> not through your tooth. Oh my God. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, so we got a live look in of B sec right now. Let's let, let's, let's, bring B let's bring B oh, second on oh, B-sec. stage. There There he is.
1: By the way, I wasn't born in 69. I was born later, I'm not that old. All right, yeah,
0: so definitely appreciate um, everybody that could make it. And we know that if you're not here in person, that you are here in spirit, the Simply Cyber community does love you um, and wants to make sure that you are part of it. That's why we're doing the stream. That's why we're posting. That's why we're doing all the things that we're doing and including the Simply Cyber community meetup, which we'll, you know, we'll take a group photo and then we can yeah. um, Photoshop BSEC in perhaps, right? Sure. Okay. I think we can do that. Yeah, we can make I that happen. It's mad
1: Photoshop.
0: You know who's got mad Photoshop skills? Dan Reardon. Oh yeah. Yep, yeah, I mean he does the memes, right? Oh. So he could he could drop B-sec in pretty quick. All right.
1: Oh, well, we should do a Photoshop riff off. <laughs> <laughs> that could be interesting.
0: Serious FOMO about Wild West Hackin' Fest. Spencer Alessi says, hopefully next year. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely uh, I'm telling you. Here's here's the thing about Wild West Hackin' Fest in my opinion. And I I told somebody this yesterday. Like it is brutal to get here, right? Like you fly in and then it's like an hour bus ride. And I really feel like it, 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 it introduces a hurdle that you have to get over. And because of that, um, you know, p- people who are like really into the community, people who are like super into what we're doing and, and the, the support, and inclusion, and the love, and everything that kind of John Strand and Black Hills stands for is willing to, to make that, uh, pay that price, if you will and it's it's so it just kind of like makes it so everybody here is like that it's it's insane it's literally insane like i've never been to a conference quite like wild west hack and fest, where you feel so accessible to so many people james what are your what are your thoughts because this is your first wild west hack and fest what are your initial thoughts on this
1: certainly the community's strong here i mean going off to the little uh, karaoke type sh- music shindig last night was was very impressive and just everybody All together and and, uh, very, very strong sense of uh, camaraderie. Uh, I'll be interested to see the sessions today. Uh, That's certainly something I'm looking forward to. Uh, I know we've got ours right after the keynote. Leslie Carhart's uh, doing her keynote this morning. Uh, but then this afternoon, I've got the AI presentation that I'm doing. But, yeah, I'm I'm real excited to be here. There's been a lot of folks I've been wanting to see in real life and got to see them already. So that's, been, that's great. Getting to hang with you, as always, is, is a lot of fun and a good time. Uh, but tonight we're doing that. we got a chess tournament, too, as well. So that, that should be uh, real interesting to see how it goes. So just excited to be here uh, and to chat with all of you and, and be a part of this great community.
0: Thank you, yeah, no, and that's that's 100%, uh, you know, you'll, you'll, I feel like if you ask anyone out on the floor, that you'll get some version of that response uh, from them. So, definitely love it. Uh, we got a couple minutes here, and then we're going to round out. James and I are going to do a quick, uh, uh, I guess, quick walkthrough, just refresh on the slides. Uh, I will be there. I, I will tell you, um, c- c- hold on, can you h- host for a second?
1: Yeah. As you take your headphones off, and he's—he's now he's left me. Now it's like okay, now this is my real audition of everything that's going on. So, um, oh, he's busting out his flannel shirt. He's getting cold. He has to get out the flannel shirt because he's kind of oh no. There's a there's a thing. There's a reason behind the shirt. Yeah.
0: So. So here's the deal. I, I like so I'm gonna wear this when I speak today. I'm yep. wearing like canvas pants or whatever, khakis, and the Simply CyberCon shirt because I want to promote the conference yeah. and you know it's 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 recognizable and stuff. But I will tell you, I actually packed jeans and this shirt, right? And in my mind, I was like looking for the most Deadwood look oh, I could okay. get, so I could you know blend in or whatever. Okay. Oh, so this, okay. so I was going for the a Deadwood look. Deadwood. But uh, but I'm not doing it that.
1: Looks more like a lumberjack. Yeah,
0: but look outside, bro. Like this is like lumberjack central, right? Mining, lumberjacking, doing doing heavy
1: lifting, right? But well, you know how trees get on the internet, don't you? They log in. Oh my god. Okay.
0: Ah (laughs) All right. So I just I just wanted you to know since I'm not going to be wearing my Deadwood outfit. um, Yeah. Oh, you're gonna wear that to me? Oh, bro. Dude, thanks. I like that. Appreciate.
1: I got my my security mastermind's my podcast. I have my shirt. I wear my presentation
0: set. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. James is a Simply Cyber evangelist. He loves it. He loves it. He loves it. All right. Yeah, exactly. The Deadwood look. All right, guys, that's going to do it. Thanks so much, everybody, for being here for Jawjacking. jacking. Thanks so much for uh, being here for the Simply Cyber uh, Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. Obviously, we're live on location here at Deadwood. We've got the sunrise behind us. Uh, for those who got up early, I genuinely appreciate that. I know Nick Barker um, CJ, so many like left coast people, uh, Brady McNulty from time to time, get up, uh, very early to be part of the team live. <laughs> Are they brown pants? CJ says, uh, um, so, uh, I appreciate everybody, uh, whether you're, you know, East coast, West coast, Europe, Australia, you know, just wherever you're coming in really genuinely appreciate that. If you're team live, um, you know, love it. Team replay, obviously special place in my heart. Holler at you, Sherry. Uh, Sherry, I love Sherry, Sherry's right there. Sherry's um, a a retired theoretical physicist and got into cyber just to kind of like talk to her grandkids and now she's like a full blown squad member and and showing up, kicking it on the regular. Yeah, Yeah, so, all right, we're gonna cut it. Um, Guys, thanks so much. Uh, Thanks for the kind words. Thanks for the super chats. Thanks for the squad. Uh, Sponsorships, everybody, uh, Space Tacos, TJ. Be good, everybody, and we will be back tomorrow. Oh, again, fun fact. Uh, James and I are flirting with doing the show with an audience, okay? So if you want to be right on the other side of this camera tomorrow, uh, come find us on the, the con floor and talk to us. We scouted out some locations before the stream today. We have some ideas. Um, but, you know, if, if that's something you're interested in seeing really behind the scenes, uh you know we're certainly open to that um you know and james will be you'll be yep. tomorrow with yep. me right yep. yep so james will be here tomorrow co-piloting in the b-hole chair um but okay so i'm jerry he's james your chat thanks everybody so much and until next time stay secure See I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts, and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content and we'll see you in the next one.